Welcome to our podcast. Today, we have three great guests with us to talk about real estate decisions for Americans in Portugal. Our first guest is financial planner and founder of investment advisors, Green Ocean Global, John McNerty. Hi, John. Hello, Gisele. How are you? Very good. Very nice to have you here. Likewise. Good. So we also have with us Arthur Saraiva, who is an independent property investor and founder of Pro Capital. Hi, Arthur. Hi, Gisele. Thank you so much for having us. Good. Very nice to have you here as well. And also next to me is Rafael Sena. Country Manager at Goldcrest Buyers Agency. Hi, Rafael. Hello, Gisana. Thank you for having me. Good, good. So we have an A-team here to talk about real estate decisions for Americans in Portugal. So let's um, jump into the topic now. Um, John, I will start with you. Um, as we know, there are about 7,000 Americans living in Portugal um, as residents. So it's a very, um, a very interesting environment for immigrants here and for expats coming from the US. Yourself, I believe you are an American who moved here. So I'd like us to share a bit of your story with us. Indeed, you said, well, we've been here for about two and a half years. I have uh, three small children uh, who all attend uh, some of the wonderful schools here in Lisbon. And we live near the city center. So we are still renting and looking at the real estate market and holding our breath. <laughs> yeah. And we've been here for two and a half. Gosh, no, actually it's three and a half years. So okay. we've been in Lisbon for three and a half years. Um, and what made you come here? Right. Yeah. Well, I was originally drawn here by uh, my lovely wife who fell hard in love uh, with, with Portugal. Okay. Um, and so, you know, love at first sight, um, it doesn't need to be logical. Uh, I think she visited the uh, the beaches and she met enough Portuguese people and she went, wow, this is better in practically every way. Um, now, you know, I, I came in a little bit after her and I looked around and I thought, well, that's, that's somewhat true, but there is so much more to moving a family across the world. And so, we thought it through and we figured out what the plan would, would, would be. And then we executed on that plan because it did look to us like there was just so much to love mm -hmm. um, about, uh, about uh, building a life here in Portugal. So, did you make many friends here? Yes. First, it was in the expat community. Um, and to be honest, learning uh, Portuguese as an American can be tough. Um, many of us don't have uh, many language skills. Um, one of my favorite jokes is, is if you speak three languages, you're trilingual. And if you speak two, you're bilingual. And if you speak one, you're American. <laughs> we don't uh, yeah. do a great job with learning other languages. So that that is uh, a barrier that we're close to to, to bridging. Um, and and I, I do have some Portuguese friends as well now. And once you make your friends, then you know that you're home. So every yeah. time I come back to the airport, my phone is blowing up with messages. And I just think, okay got plans for the weekend. So, so our lifestyle is pretty well built out yeah. uh, at this point. That's excellent. And the Portuguese are very sociable as well. So I guess that helps a lot. Um, okay. So let me see here. Um, well, moving from the US here is a mammoth task. Yeah. So, um, you came here with your family and you mentioned something about being perfect. Um, so what is it that is so perfect about Portugal that, that drove you here? Is it the cost of living? Is it the um, life in Europe? Well, every... Well, Security? Everybody loves uh, a few things about Portugal among Americans that I know. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, tranquilidad. Mm -hmm. So the peacefulness here is, is really appealing. Um, and in particular, people like me that come from the, the big urban areas. Um, in the United States are just a little bit tired um, of just how, uh, particularly the firearms issue, it, it gets people feeling very anxious when they're raising a family in yeah. a big American city. That's that's very contemporary, right? So that was a big deal for us. Um, and the, uh, the yeah, the feeling, it's very easy for uh, Americans from the West Coast to identify with because um, you might not know it if you don't visit California frequently, but... Yeah. There is a similar kind of vibe and feel, um, and uh, that's that's a big deal. So I've I've traveled across Europe and among European nations. Even Portugal 
has uh, a distinct kind of flavor to it that appeals to Californians. Yeah. So you, you know this, you know that there's others that have, have talked about this. Uh, and then the cost of living is uh, lower now, mm -hmm. um, although that, that stands to change <laughs> potentially because yeah. it's been getting more expensive, especially here in Lisbon. Um, but it's lower than it was in San Francisco where I'm mm -hmm. from. So that of course looks amazing yeah. um, at first blush. So hold the thought, I'll come back to you last, because I think it's a very interesting um, element to explore. But we're talking about real estate here, and uh, I'd like to ask Rafael a question. Do you prefer Rafael or Hafa? Hafa, Rafael, but uh, in, um, I'm made in Dubai. Okay, so let's go Rafa. We, um, so you um, has the Goldcrest Buyers Agency, so you work for... Um, the the clients and I also I believe you have a lot of Americans uh, that come to you looking for property and so on. John and his family are renting here. Is this the normal uh, scenario that you have in terms of clients that come to you? Do they rent? Do they buy? What are they looking for when they come from the US? Well, it usually depends a lot on the experience uh, with the country. Right? So of course, for someone to have the chance to experience different different parts of the country. There is an aspect of of you know renting a place or moving two or three times to find the ideal place. So you know, the more experienced the, the clients, our clients are with the country, um, the, the more inclined um, that are in favor for acquiring a property. Uh, Hot markets, which means that uh, if you buy a property wisely, you might have a chance to sell it uh, without uh, much difficulty. So, so in that regard, it it relates a little bit more with the with the the experience of the country and the setting of where they 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 want to live and what they want to settle, right, and settle their families. Would you recommend them to come for a recce trip before? Yeah. Definitely, like like John said, moving the family, two kids, three, three, three kids, nice. So moving three kids and then filing the right school, find the right neighborhood, uh, get of course local guidance uh, to to help um, understand better the locations and be more focused on specific locations before uh, before coming. And uh, definitely would yeah. would be a good idea. Okay, and then once. Um once a person makes a decision of buying a property. After all, I did not forget about you. You're here and I want your expertise now as a property developer. Is um, an investment in a Portuguese property a good investment? Well, it, it really depends. It really depends on uh, the, the type of real estate that the person is considering. Uh, also depends on the investment horizon and, um, and what are the, ultimately the goals you know, we when we look at we consider investment, they can be for um, capital gains, for capital appreciation, but it can also be for rental income and yield. Mm -hmm. um, and these are uh, two different things. Um, and within that, we can also look into residential real estate or office commercial real estate mm -hmm. that has a significant, like a different investment profile. Um, so it depends. Now, when if we were to zero in into and, and look exclusively into residential real estate, which is um, what, you know, what we've been addressing, is um, the, we, 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 we have to, it's location, location, location. So we have to look at, at where we're considering. And, and it, if we say Lisbon, um, Lisbon is a very small place. I'm sure that uh, our audience knows that um, it's a it's a city with only seven hundred and fifty thousand people. Um, the old demand and su demand supply dynamic applies still applies here as as well as anywhere um, anywhere else. And and what we've seen is a shift in the demand curve over the last few years due to the tremendous interest that we've had from um, from foreigners looking to relocate here. Um, and it being such a small market with somewhat of a limited supply, you have a shift in the demand curve, prices go up. Um, now, have we seen a slowdown in the, uh, in, in the demand uh, in the last few years? We haven't. Um, but, to, but to balance that, we, we also have 
uh, uh, in, 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 in the middle of a, of, a, of a war that can potentially escalate, we don't know. And, but that's, you know, that's a big, big question mark. And we also have interest rates. We have some financial instability now. So it's difficult to say, you know, the timing of the investment as if now is a great yeah. investment to do. Naturally, I, I, property, I property developed here and um, I'm, I'm very positive about the, the, the Portuguese, but particularly the, uh, the Lisbon um, real estate market. So tell me about your experience as an American here. I know you're renting and then um, what do you think you should have known before moving here? You wished you knew before you moved to, um, to Portugal in terms of a the real estate market here? That's an interesting question, Giselle. I don't think that there's much that one can do um, to to adequately prepare themselves for moving across the, the, the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the internet is there, sure, and we can all kind of mine the database for, for little pieces of information here and there. There's not much more that I could have known. Mm-hmm. Like, there really just, to, to, there was not. Um, you know, pricing, of course, has been going higher for the past few years, but there wasn't anything that we could have known that could have... Yeah shown us that that was in uh, in our future. And believe it or not, there's not that many differences um, culturally mm-hmm. uh, between the way that real estate is handled here mm-hmm. and it's handled in the United States. So there hasn't been a great deal of discomfort from my side or from my family's side in navigating uh, the market here. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my next question. What's the difference between the dynamics yeah. of real estate then here? So it's, it's, it's quite similar. Funny enough, it's it's so similar. Um, you know, uh, attitudes, cultural differences, of course, exist, but not such large differences that you have to to change the whole way that you think about things. Again, as I, as I said before, there was a sort of similarity and vibe, such that um, you know, I was I was fine uh, when I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what would you recommend to Americans um, investing in real estate? Well, uh, as it so happens, that's what I do. So <laughs> this is what I do. So I help people to make all the fundamental decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and as a matter of fact, I have two clients that are, are are in escrow right now on properties within 50 kilometers of us. So, okay. you know, yeah, the people are buying properties and I'm helping to advise them. And, and, and so I'm not telling them anything new, to, to be honest. Um, you know, it should be a certain part of your budget. Uh, you know, a certain percentage of your overall uh, living expenses should be put towards real estate. And, and, and here's how you navigate uh, the lending process. And, and here's how you navigate the buying process. And, mm-hmm. and, to, and to that end, uh, the buying process, again, not really different. Not too different. Although the big difference is, is, is we are obsessed with Zillow in the United States and the MLS. And that's just not a thing here. <laughs> so my wife uh, was a absolute property troll. She will sit on Zillow and look around at her neighborhoods in San Francisco, uh, only to find that that's just not available here. And so for us, that's probably among the greatest disappointments uh, that you can't just go, you know, 123 Sesame Street, and uh, it's about $340,000 uh, right now. Like, it's just not a thing here. So the lack of transparency is probably, it's the one thing I'm telling other Americans to look out for because you have to talk to to various agents. You have to get a a sense, your own sense of the market. You can't just go to the internet and email 20 people before lunch and, you know, get a bunch of price points and make your decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice advice for our, our viewers. How about you, Rafael? Do you see also this happening? And I do, I do, and of course that um, you know, transparency in terms of you know transparency of the market. In Europe, overall, we face a plate of protection. Uh, yes, much much more restricted than in the U.S. But that might explain the gap, right? Uh, but we well, last year we we've dealt with sixty-eight um, percent were Americans okay. from the Kuwait nationalities. That's the word used. Personally, Zillow, uh, and then it, it is a little bit frustrating of not, you know, not having all the information there, easy to access. Um, the MLS actually uh, is present, but in a more institutional uh, level, <laughs> which 
again, gives that impression for whoever's surfing in, on the internet uh, uh, to, 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 to find the, their ideal property. Um, we, we have ways um, of you know, getting more, a little bit more information than what is available, namely you know, few institutional tools that are available for professionals. Um, but not much for final consumers. Not much other than they already know. Um, but of course, things, they, they seem for someone that is not, you know, working professionally with the market, uh, everything seems a lot fragmented, right? Um, but, uh, um, you know, just having a tool, for example, where we can, you know, with the, with the ID of a property, you know, like a, a property published, uh, getting more information in a, in a, in a, in a in the, an institutional tool gives us a lot of extra information that is not there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, in, on our side, of course, that we want to, we think that the market has still a lot to, to, um, uh, to, um, get more professional and more trans transparent, mm -hmm. um, making the size of the pizza, uh, Bigger, not not slicing it anymore, right? It's it's. I think these things like Zillow they come to help us, but you know, working every every single day, facing those problems, we tend to to support that pressure much easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we look at something and we have a way to to cross check, uh, we already know that this is this this is not published anymore. This is already sold two months ago. Um, so yeah, it it kind of feels that works in our favor as buyer's agents. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because then you're working with a professional that is in the industry and will have all the inside data to give to the client. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, that's what often they finalize upon that. That's a, I mean, why Americans are not necessarily the, the biggest property buyers in Portugal right now, staying at second position. Um, as, as Americans are used to deal with buyer's agents, themselves, mm -hmm. which Portuguese uh, buyers are not, uh, that that's why we kind of uh, have such a, a, a big uh, presence in the U.S. Okay. Or rather, yeah. in the U.S. because they, you know, they, it's, it's already there, right? I mean, working with a buyer's agent is, is, a, is a normal thing, right? When, yeah. when you buy a house, you trust someone, you trust the service, you know, they deliver it. So, so you, 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 you count on Yes, yeah. this, this person. So yeah, yeah. Transparency is a very interesting thought, John. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, Arthur, do you think this is something that will change in this industry? As someone that is, um, is as a property developer, do you think there's a need for uh, more transparent tools? I, th I, th I think so. I think so. I, data has is now more widely available than it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, there are some tools that we can rely on to get accurate information as to what's available in the market. You know, you look at all these search engines, they're just so noisy, sometimes even cut productive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a big part of what we do as developers is really uh, acquisition strategy, uh, understanding lo the local market and having uh, local knowledge to make sure that we make good acquisitions. Um, and with that, you know, that's a big part of the, the process naturally, then it comes out, comes out the hard work. Um, but it's, it's been a very dynamic market, interesting market. It's changing a lot, and there's so much to still to come um, from it. And just walking around and seeing the the derelict buildings, the buildings they still need to, you know, that's just been um, um, emptied, I think, yes. for, for years. And um, these are, this this is all a, a tremendous uh, uh, potential of growth and opportunity, I think, for the years to come within real estate. Yeah. So it's quite, quite good. Now, data, data has to improve it. It has been improving. It's not nearly, we're not nearly as good as the Americans in, in terms of making that information public. Um, but it must have something to do, as Rafael has said, with data protection. Um, because, you know, I think with Zillow, you can see when the house sold, what, how much it sold for. Um, what taxes they paid. What taxes they paid. And, yeah. And and here we 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 must we can't see that information. I can I, I can certainly find out who owns the property, but I can't. Yeah, this is not public area. Uh, with 
we get a lot that question, of course, because this is public information, right, in the mm-hmm. US. Yeah. Uh, but here is not. All right. So uh, that specifically, you know, what for what price that property was sold? I mean, we tend to to get the data of um, transactions that happened. Mm-hmm. We have the information of transactions that happened, but not for that specific one. Uh, so it's a, it's a pool of. Uh, 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 and for example, for that neighborhood, for that road, yeah. you know, the transaction happened for that average price, right? Yeah. Not that specific house. And it's the secrecy that's detrimental to the industry as well, because you want to know if you're an investor, you want to know all of that. It's getting better. So uh, we, uh, we're seeing the progress, I think, uh, uh, year by year happening with new players. I mean, it was it's just look at the curve, right? Of, international um, interest in the, in the real estate market. And that comes with time, right, Anthony? Because uh, then new players come, they bring uh, new ideas, new companies are involved in the market, so it, help, it helps improve mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole market. Yeah. Okay, so then now talking about improving the market, um, I think it's important to mention that um, when we talk about properties in Portugal, um, especially let's just bear in mind that we have lots of american viewers in our channel and listeners as well um the um cities the the regions that come to mind are lisbon and porto yeah so but there's um even though the country is small there are great other great other places around here um i'm going to leave now for rafael or Arthur, or maybe both to tell us where where are the other places good for um, investment opportunities um, in within Portugal, not only the continent, but also very nice that there are autonomous islands as well. Who wants to go first? Oh, oh I always like to rely on data, right? And, and that's not, not, not only, of course, we have our, our portion of the, of the of data, right? Our own version of data, but if you look at the overall data, um, right? So of course, the, the metropolitan area of Lisbon even though the Lisbon city has 750,000 people, we are talking about a 3.5 million population around in, in the metropolitan area of Lisbon. And that gets Cascais, a lot of people go Cascais and Sintra, I led a very known, also postcard of, of uh, Portugal, and we're talking about the South Bay, that's where I live. Mm-hmm. People think that when, when they cross the, the, the bridge, they, they enter in a hole and they get served. <laughs> That, that doesn't happen. It's a very easy, connected place. Uh, I always joke that because I, I, I walk five minutes, I get the bolt, bolt from my house, then I, I I work five minutes from the bolt station. So I can, yeah. of course, buy a bolt every single day. It takes me 30 years door to door. So it's the equivalent of a suburban lifestyle that an American would have if they leave from upstate New York, right. sort of, yeah, like okay. So, you know, the whole, the whole metropolitan area of both, both, both Lisbon and Bordeaux and also, well, the Algarve is also a place that's becoming less and less seasonal. Uh, our, uh, American uh, clients that we have love places like Lagos, like Tavira, or, uh, you know, where you have year around uh, life and also international schools. So you have more and more services kind. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, I, I would say the, the expanding a little bit to get the whole metropolitan area of both, both Lisbon and Porto, uh, would a- already give you a much wider, uh, perspectives and the speed of. Okay. Do you have anything to add on that as all? Well, I, th- I think that was a pretty good answer. You know, residential real estate mostly. I, I would I would I would agree that um, a, a lot of the surrounding areas in Lisbon, like Cascais and Sintra, are quite interesting. And the South Bay, as you called it, South Bay. That's great branding, by the way. If you all think of the South Bay as the South Bay, the Bay Area, but South Bay, like you have the South Bay too. Right <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's an interesting, that's certainly a, an an interesting area to look, uh, particularly if you want the, the large, a large house with a garden, a pool, um, within you know thirty minutes, thirty minutes away from from the city. Um, but for for investment, uh, 
to the areas like Sinis, which is, you now have a port, just maybe an hour and a half from here. Should we? Uh, in- an hour and a half from Lisbon? Yeah. Uh, towards the center? No, down. Just past Porto. Okay. Um, it's a big port. And uh, yeah, it's for storage space if you are looking t- just for an investment as an investment place to buy sto- st- uh, storage sites and then rent those out. They've been hugely profitable and I think they still are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and also, yeah, I think I think that's, that 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 would be my number one pick at the moment. That's right. The islands as well. I mean, Sydney's also uh, benefited a lot with the with the usage of the port now for the gas importation uh, for the gas import. Uh, there is a big project from Sydney that's very very interesting. Um, uh, really also add the islands. Yeah. Right, right now we have Funchal uh, being Jangwa data from. Mm-hmm. Being the the number one place um, siege in Portugal for having uh, that has owner interest of buying pro of their there. So I was I was just on a podcast from from some uh, some folks who lived on Flachal, yeah, and they were talking about some interest that they had on their channel. Just Americans just streaming in on their channel, yeah. um, interested in the diet. Uh, and full chop. I know it, it was really surprising for me because uh, I never had thought of it. Nope, I have a bit. Had come one once all into Portugal and buying a property here, and I need the Algarab. But uh, and he he lives the uh, they lives purple. They live in the, the East Coast, close to New York. Uh, but they had they they operate a business in Hawaii. Um, a property business actually, property property management business there in Hawaii. And they did it with the lower boat in the air. For a second, they were like, oh my God. I mean, it's amazing. And it would, because people would have imagined that it's so uh, well developed, uh, you know, good infrastructure. Uh, Time back to flights to the US. It's, it, yeah. The pricing is not as mm-hmm. just wretched as it can be on Hawaii. Hawaii, the, you know, the price differential mm-hmm. is just massive. Yeah. And people go to Funchal, they're like, you know, this is really livable. Yeah, versus the Hawaiian difference. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, and so, no, no, no wonder uh, this um, Funchal has a huge interest of uh, international buyers at the moment. Cool. So I think we covered um, a lot on the um, rent versus buying um, the areas um, about the potential and the resilience of the uh, real estate market in Portugal. Um, but then I think there's something very interesting that I would like to ask. Nobody likes to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. And as you say, in the US, you cannot avoid uh, death and taxes. So I'm going to direct that question to you. Do you know why I'm looking at you? I think you are the guy to talk about yes. taxes. Oh, the to avoid that. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In some cases, I think it's easier to avoid debt. At least you can prolong them. He's already coming to check on you. Taxes? Yeah. Taxes that Americans need to consider when they invest in property in, in Portugal. Well, you know, Giselle, the funny thing is, is I'm Californian and the taxes in California are like just a little bit less painful than death in most cases. Like the taxes are so high for us. And so where if you don't feel once you're dead. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're just done. Yeah. Uh, whereas here you're feeling it all the time. And you know, um, the Portuguese taxes, uh, it, you know, we get NHR on, on so much of our tax situation for which we are so lucky. Yeah. Uh, NHR is a non habitual residency. Correct. Yeah. It's the tax status that, that, um, that, that you can apply for and in most cases receive, um, for a variety of reasons, but uh, for real estate, uh, the taxes are fairly similar. Um, you have the, ta- the, the stamp tax here. Um, that is not uh, a thing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have property taxes that are just a little bit less than what we pay in the state of California. So it's pretty much normal. There's, there's not a, a great difference that you're going to be faced with there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you were to pass here, then you have uh, the death tax. So put those two together. <laughs> um, and it's not worse. Um, than what we uh, face in the States either. So that's something that I have to talk with clients about is their eventual estate plan. Uh, the estate planning options here are not worse or markedly different uh, from what we face in the United States of America. 
um, at least as a California, you know, California is is a little country to all to itself yeah. next to all these others, and they're all just slightly different. Yeah. But most Americans are not going to find anything radically different here. Yeah. yeah. And you have clients from other states as well. All over. All yeah, over. from Washington to to uh, to Florida, so all across the United States. Yeah, the contiguous United States, um, and they're mostly faced with the same uh, issues. Um, you know, taxes being the most different from state to state, mm -hmm. um, because you know California's state tax is double digits uh, for most of us, um, on top of the federal tax, and so it's high. And so when Californians leave, one of the first jobs that I have is to help them to also break out of jail uh, from California mm -hmm. and and paying California state taxes. They're gone. Um, and so, yeah, so there's not a lot of gotchas for Americans um, that want to move to Portugal. There's just, there's just really not. Okay. And is there something that you can help um, your clients throughout the process? When, when, an advisor. when somebody comes to me, the ideal situation is that they come to me um, before they start making all of these decisions okay. because the answer is definitely yes. I build the whole strategy. Okay. And then one of those micro strategies is, is thinking out like, how am I gonna deal with tax issues? Because if you get ahead of problems, of course, you can you can then sort of yeah. prepare yourself. Um, some, like I had somebody I talked to last week and they had sold a bunch of, you know, investment assets um, and they hadn't, done, they hadn't thought to, to meet with a planner before. And I'm like, wow, so you could have done X, Y, and Z. And they were like, ooh, yeah. I guess I should have probably talked to you like a year ago, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry, we just didn't find each other. So yeah, doing some pre-planning around these kinds of issues yes. can in some cases save you a boatload um, of cash. So, and then you can, I can help with the, you know, with the property process if indeed we're gonna be uh, connecting with someone on, um, on your team, Artur, and, uh, uh, it, it's it's a big deal. Definitely, it's um, so basically the bottom line is research, speak to specialists, and uh, do your recce trip. Don't just move straight away. Is there any advice at all that you would give as a property developer to anyone who is thinking of uh, let's think on the perspective of Americans, okay, of investing real estate here? What do they need to do? Or uh -huh. be your I think planning, planning is a big thing. You have to have a plan uh, instead of just diving into the experience. Having a plan is a big thing. And also um, having the right partners to work with. Um, it's, it's, we mustn't under, underestimate the, the, the differences and the, um, the uniqueness of, uh, of countries, of, of different countries. And if you were to make an investment in the U.S., in the neighborhood or in the city that you live in, that's stressful enough. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're going abroad to a different country, different jurisdiction, different laws, um, you, you, you have to have the right advice. Um, and and, and, and I'm, I don't say this to uh, overestimate the problem. It's, you know, it, we see this on the day-to-day -day thing. As, we, as John, perhaps, uh, just with, with a lot of the planning, really must help clients when they're, you know, making this transition because, um, sometimes it's not even complicated things, but details matter very much. So you make one little detail, then you can't do something else later. It's the little things. Yeah. It's just always the little things. I mean, I know I said that things are easy or, or at least they're, they're, they're similar to the extent that they're not wildly different, mm -hmm. but it's the little things that, you know, if you're already in an afforded environment, they can throw you way off and yeah. cause you to question all the other things that you're trying to do. I've seen this with the Americans firsthand. Yeah. No. So yeah. So so I'd say um, local knowledge and and doing 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 a lot of planning would be my number two things to suggest. Okay. How about you, Rafael? Um, oh, I mean, it's 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 a uh, interesting uh, that of course uh, we've been doing this and uh, helping you know hundreds of uh, of families around, uh, and and it's a very family. Uh, uh, it's a process that, that, that starts, as, as John said, um, way back, right? And I mean, planning something. And, and, and education is a lot of our, uh, is an is a, is a important stage of yeah. our, for sure, we, we have different profiles of class that some, some of them have 
already have experience enough the country that knows exactly where they want to buy uh, and they need that extra help uh, to be able to build complete the process with in a more efficient way. Um, but to, you know, where I would say, especially with the growing interest uh, 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 of Portugal around, as people coming here for one or two times and say, hey, you know, that's, that's interesting. I, I've been there, so now um, let's go through the educational stage, which is talking about different areas, what makes sense to me, what does not make sense to me. Um, so we like going there uh, on the same path, getting the, their answers to, to, to say, you know, it's, it's a little bit um, the same that, that we see every day and I'm starting of having the possibility of communicating very easily, which sometimes is a little bit stressful in the in because in, 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 we're jumping from, from, from video calls to video calls, but uh, having a, a focused assessment on your specific case, building that understand understanding uh, along along the the tire along the tire, you know, will definitely make a difference. For each, make the right decision uh, uh, upon time. So so yeah, um, we're we're here for whoever needs any any help of finding the right place or the right property. Um, we did some talking, but I think it would be good. You tell me um, if you think it's good or not to um, give an experience of a pitfall or some, someone that made a mistake or a case. Um, I don't know if John has an experience to share or perhaps at all. Do you know of any, it doesn't need to be one story um, of uh, a client. It could be, you know, I've heard, I read there's someone that did da, 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 and it was a terrible mistake, um, you know, cause people, love uh, some tragedy that they can learn from they don't yeah. yeah a lesson yeah yeah um they just love the drama uh, yeah for other crisis so john this guy he wants to buy on april fool's day um there is as i said people need to dedicate some time to make those decisions what is the what's the purchase pro process um surely it cannot be done that quickly it can actually Maybe better than this person that must have settled, that must have closed on April 1st. I can talk about another client who did the exact same day. Okay. Uh, he came to TED on after meeting me. So I, I get a phone call and I meet this client two weeks after the initial pod call. He's here. Okay. Again, that seems pretty fast to me. And then he said he was going to go look at properties over the weekend. This American found the perfect property that weekend and he went ahead and he just made an offer. And he was, uh, and it was a billion yak, and it was a 1.5 billion euro property, right? Like you found your house that you're going to spend a million and a half on in a week. Wow. You found it in a week, and now you're, you're getting into business with this person to go buy this property. And um, it's a month after that process uh, began, and he's going to be moving in on, not April 1st, but April 12th, is he's going to be moving into this property. And so he started in late February, and he's now going to be closing on the deal. Just a, a two what's, two what's. Yeah. Right. And he's, uh, to, all, to all appearances, he's made the earnest deposit. It's been, uh, his offer's been accepted. They're, they're moving forward. And how did he transfer the capital? Was it a, um, is it a low process? Is it, uh, I guess, but in two weeks they did all of that. You know, I have currency brokers um, that that help to facilitate these things, which you don't even need. I mean, you can just wire funds. Um, so long as you're, you know, and all about getting your bank accounts open to your taking care of all these these different things, which you guys know is healthy for it. Um, it can happen pretty quickly um, as long as you're organized. Okay. Um, and you're prepared to, uh, you're prepared to go through distinctly different uh, processes that the Portuguese take you through. Um, like you should be able to go into the bank yourself in a lot of cases okay. um, and help do transactions in person. So that's where it was helpful that these individuals were retired. They came here and that kind of really helped to sort of step the timeline up because they got to meet the person that was selling the property who was that of course interested in introducing them to the family and like there was a good feeling that was established and I felt better when I heard about that part as well. Uh, but once you get all the pieces in place and you're responsible, it could take a couple months. Okay. 
a bit annoyed, but I'm still not clear on the on the process. Can you any any of you perhaps can give me a step by step? Like first, you do you give the the, the deposit, right? You put the deposit down, and then what happens next? So, uh, I mean, we're talking about the, the actual purchase yeah. process, right? So, yeah, yeah there's a, there is a, the, the formalization of, of an mm -hmm. offer, right? That's the the, the standard way um, of formalizing the offer. Then we move uh, from that moment, okay, commercial terms are crafted. Everyone agrees with the with the terms, usually for a reservation period, which gives enough time to make all the due diligence. I think that we already touched on, you know, Surveyors, uh, you know, uh, legals, uh, um, uh, assessments, and everything. It's a house that is already built. This that's the ready to house that's quicker, right? Because then scaffolding the the after all that's done, scaffolding the deed. Yeah. Uh, but the reservation is important to to take the unit the the, the off the market. Yeah. yeah. Take take it out the market. Make sure that uh, if there is a there's an agreement by both parties that the big. Uh, we're we're going through this new delivery process now. Let's let's look at the side. Um, we have uh, so yeah, and then or goes we're moving straight straight to the, the tra transfer of the title of that property, right? Which is the deed or a promissory contract. If there is a necessity of getting a loan, for example, yeah. then support that you have in a little. Amendments to the promissory contract stating that, okay, what if that person, that buyer does not get a loan? Yeah. What happens? This needs to be um, all foreseen in that, in that, in that uh, contract. Um, and then from the promissory contract, if we that, that, that can take too far a lot, depending from, from case to case, something like construction. Here, you can only do the transfer of the, 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 the title when the, Properties already is, is built in slices, so so yeah, we have uh, the, the interesting day though, because our cycle, I'd say of process cycle is a bit wider in the sense of getting to the actual formalization of the offer. Um, in our let's say uh, flow in our pipeline, as I would say. Uh, uh, that would be the, you know, uh, the fourth uh, stage, right, of, of that, the process. Um, and before that is all about, you know, education, narrowing down, discussing the options and, and so forth. But so I, I'm assuming that your friend or your client, um, is it quite or fine? He moved faster than I, than I, than I had liked. Because I don't know if he could have went through those first three stages. That's the thing. Yeah. Also, I was going to say probably his cycle in and 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 that actually happens a lot to us. Pre work done after I'll be called it arrive in Portugal and select in that particular house. You know, they probably had uh, been to that region and talked about it, seeing some analytical uh, some 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 data about it. You know, how is that house positioned and compared to other houses, it's cheap, it's not. Um, and, and the investment cycle for our, our average is around four months from the first time that we speak at the client until the bulging. Okay. Which then may, that's an average, right? So it's very hard to say because we have clients that need more time to understand the region, to come, to visit, or we or other that are much more advanced in the at these first stages. But it's, this 120 day cycles, there's two, two, you know, in that the perspective, in the first time that we speak to the clients, our team, right, our, our real estate consultant is assumed that both. So it's about 120 days. That's the average time from speaking to clients to closing the deal. Yeah. Uh, but your friend was, sorry, your friend client, mm -hmm. um, that's at a much faster uh, rate, yeah? Do you know what it's like? Now that I think about it, uh, no. no. Uh, but what had happened is, is he had actually contacted a buyer's agent. Right. So that was probably within yeah. what, under day, 120 days, more so than I thought, because he was already working with someone prior to the year. Yeah, for about a month prior to having met yeah. And so intelligently, he had sort of structured things well, because then he had the advisor working on his, like, 
expatriate from America. It's wonderful land. Yeah. And then and then he had buyers agent helping it to get the property linked. Yeah. At just the right amount of time. So Yep. Smart guy. I mean this was this was somebody that was working for um, a business consulting firm for the military. And so structure. he probably already had this big structure in place. I just helped him to plug in the gaps at just the right time. And so he's kind of like an ideal person in a way. Yeah. And the, the, the variety of buyers, I think we're all different. And having someone that's organized and that does the pre-planning, they can really shorten the period. You know, the shortest I've seen certainly is about 30, 35 days for someone to find a property um, and complete the district with assigning the deeds. Um, but there's so much detail that needs to be looked into and uh, certainly to avoid uh, make this crisis down the road. Yes. Is that, that's the main thing. Now, it's also a very emotional decision. You know, you buy a property and, and a lot of people do it because they like the property. Um, but you have to kind of put uh, a bit of a rational uh, hat on and it, yeah, it's okay you must slow it down. Um, to make sure that the, 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 the process is done correctly. Yeah. Also tell me what are the common pitfalls when people, uh, choose that property, um, you know, what could add John to the process? Other friends. So when we live here, I think they, they really asked about schools and they, they asked about locations. They, you know, that's a, I think, uh, her, uh the, a number one, a number one. Uh, factor when when choosing property, how close, what, what sort of schools are in that bit particular neighborhood, and uh, how what's my day to day life yeah. going to be like. Um, so knowing the criteria to uh, to to choose the property, I think that's a, that's a big that's a big yeah. factor. So and that that can also be a pitfall. They can use utilize the the wrong criteria when when identifying what area you'd like and what to consider. Um, and um, to help our mental uh, healthness is also being uh, having the ability to narrow things down. I mean, Portugal is a small country, but it's still very broad, very big. And if you um, having up uh, the idea of moving to Portugal is one thing, but you also have to know more or less what you don't mind explaining yeah. very quickly. Focus on what you like, and um, and take it from there. Yeah, good, good guys. I think we covered. Almost everything, but there's one question still that's lingering in the air, and and I think it's important that our viewers will be asking. Just at least give them an idea, perhaps uh, how far on uh, property prices, what what they could be looking at in terms of uh, you know from north to south or from a big city against uh, the suburban lifestyle, your South Bay, if you want to be a housewife or South Bay, and how. Um, well, that's that's always uh, a very open um, topic, right? Because, but uh, we we can we can say that um, buyers that are linking to buy it in in, in Lisbon, you know, central Lisbon, two bedroom, three bedroom apartment, three bedroom apartment there with a divide between uh, seven hundred uh, and a million euros. So we said for Lisbon, of course, this is the average, and yeah. we, we had to begin to take, right? Um, when look, looking for the the difference from both two property prices, uh, usually a little bit though, but, but one third less ish of of the, the Lisbon prices uh, would, would be you know, from 300 to uh, $600. Um, a new, a new, brand new apartment, and uh, but then, of course, you know, the properties, uh, depending, depending on the street and the size of the view, if there's balcony, there's not, uh, if there's garage, they're not. And in the center of, in the center of Lisbon, the garage will be a little worse, a little lots. Uh, even the setting about the the, the the outdoor space. And it all depends on your lifestyle. That uh, oh, it always comes out. Um, in our conversation when uh, with with clients, right? With five seventeen, and the bottom is the decently uh, first. It, there's a big, big, big uh, battle for property uh, development in in Portugal that is uh, rehabilitating or renovating all the properties. That's uh, uh, if it's a full file rehabilitation, it's treated like a new development, right? So. 
everyone buying new developments uh, uh, gets a five uh, years warranty in their through their apartments, uh, ten years for the, the building. So, first that tends to to also be very important um, decision uh, for the decision, right? On when buying, you know, coming into a new market that you're not knowing very well uh, can can be an interesting point, right? Having that warranty, the mobility department, the building for something that yeah. you know, it's always going to, yeah. and, and essentially when you're looking at Lisbon Central, right? We're sitting in a building from the, the like in the set for 800, but yeah. they did bit 150, 1800. Also, I think when it comes to price outside of this, but if you, if you go into the countryside, you can still pick up some really nice, beautiful houses, but really big gardens. Um, is it, are you thinking of uh, an individual region or just um, outside Lisbon as in, you know, Setúbal um, or south to the Algarve? I'm the only one talking now, but feel free to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anywhere. And I think Santarém is something that comes up a lot. I think up to the, the northern you go, Porto, uh, yeah. both to the Dor Valley, at Silvercoast. Silvercoast is very popular with American is now, yeah. Yeah, and, and the great thing about Portugal is English is widely spoken and it has it has great internet connection. So all of those these places in the countryside online uh, yeah. and kept good Wi-Fi. So wow, guys, thank you. Great insights. So now I just want to ask you because, you know, people learn from their mistakes. And so it's good to share some stories, even if it's not a story that you experienced, but something that you read or uh, something that happened at work, perhaps, or someone that you came to help. Um, so my question is, what are some common mistakes that um, investors make when investing in real estate in Portugal? Do you have any case study that you could share? But by a property year, it, it, you know, and, and of course that's similar to for a lot of different parts of the of the world. But you you evolve through stages. So as a assume you're buying something that is under construction, right? Um, when when you're when 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 the buyer is negotiating uh, or someone has uh, uh, negotiated the clauses of a promissory contract, for example, um, it's in, it's very important to know that you know, the the upon the the the, uh, the process we are in attention that so we have a, f a few situations uh, that um, people run um, uh, to a to that stage, signing a document. The promissory? Yeah, signing the, what the, I would say the promissory contract, which is a, you know, a dense contract, very important one if you're buying something that is under construction, mm -hmm. right? And, and so it's, you know, checking everything and having a, 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 I've seen a few cases that you don't, you know, a buyer entering in that, uh, in that stage of signing a contract without having an assessment um, of a real estate team together with the lawyer, because then you that's where you combine the commercial terms with the the civil code, right? Uh, so we've seen a few cases of not having the right, you know, the right to the clauses that people just you know lose money for you know, uh, 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 delay on construction, uh, companies that are that go bankrupt and they don't, they don't complete. So what do you do? But we have clients, for example, that uh, on one specific client, that was my not house in, in the world, uh, that uh, was able to save, you know, 80% of his, of his, uh, his money because we set up, we helped setting up a escrow, which is not something very common in Portugal, uh, setting up an escrow account to keep the money there deploying. And then construction company, that specific construction company, um, you would have mentioned, and you know that this uh, vehicle existed, you know, very local company, um, but you know, it was able to secure the funds and to finalize the construction. Um, so, you know, the, the, uh, and I mentioned the promissory contract because that's where you combine the, you know, the, the commercial terms with, with, the, with the, the legislation. Okay. So it's very important to have an assessment of that and we keep having the right to, Assistance can 
can um, uh, can be very important too. For, for... So it's just not about falling in love with your dream property. You have to, you found the property, you think everything is fine, but you still need to speak to a good lawyer. Uh, who else in the in this process yes. will will be helpful to assess? You know, for example, you know, there's if you're running, um, if you're looking to buy property in the rural part of Portugal, for example, very common to have uh, uh, a fog that is not legalized. What does that represent? You know, that, uh, what if, what if there is a second bedroom, like a, a next for bedroom that is not included in the papers? And that happens a lot here. Yeah. I heard. Okay. Yeah, we call them unwarranted yeah. in-laws in the uh, in the states. It happens all the time in the states too. Unwanted, yeah, unwanted in-law. That's a totally different thing. We could talk about that some other time. That never happens, guys. That never happens. Unwanted in-laws. They're all wanted. If they're unwarranted, though, there isn't a warrant. Uh, you know, the civil code hasn't hasn't included that extra bedroom. Um, then then yeah, you can be on the hook for having to uh, to erase it to to get rid of it yourself. I, I would, you know, I would agree with uh, Rafael in terms of uh, due diligence and the the amount of uh, research that needs to be done prior to acquisition, prior to buying a property. Uh, it's really good investment to have a a good lawyer and and a good a good lawyer, good real estate lawyer, in fact, because a lot of lawyers pretend to understand real estate, but they don't quite get the the the, the details mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, these transactions. But having a good real estate lawyer, seen it over and over, bad deals. You know, we tend to joke that once we agree on on buying a property, yeah, we go into a due diligence period. That this like it's a hundred percent certain something will come up, and then and what the what they promised on particularly the older properties, they promised on the papers isn't exactly what's um, what's there. So having a, a good due diligence uh, lawyer. And um, and the market here, you know, it's it's there's lo- lots of demand, lots of interest, so it becomes a seller's market. And with that, it means that um, the properties, the really good deals, they come and go very fast. Uh-huh. Um, so um, you have to be ready for that. And sometimes a curse is coming across a really good opportunity right at the beginning of the journey because you sometimes need to go through the process to know that really the property that you, you, you've seen is what you want. Because often, if you see something too early, you will likely pass because you aren't sure and mm-hmm. you know you want to kind of spend a little bit more time on it. You'll miss the opportunity and, uh, and you will forever remember that, uh, that property as the one that you, sh- that the one that you should have bought. So The one that got away. The one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Um, it's a, yeah, it's a seller's market, so it's a very dynamic market, and you have to be ready to deal with it. Yeah. I heard something this morning, and then I'm, I'm so glad I'm here with you guys because you can you can set me right on this if this is not right, is, is mortgages can be attached to a property, not to a person. And so if you don't do your diligence, you can in some cases buy a property that has a loan attached to it. Yeah, that I mean, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. And something that you wouldn't look for if you were coming here from the United States, because that's not a thing. So buy a property too quickly and then find out, oops, there's still a 200,000 euro mortgage on that property. Like that sounds like an absolute nightmare. That's a very good point, John. No. We better put that out. Because you wouldn't look for it if you were coming from that market to this market. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I, I think this, and, and, and yeah, people do this all the time. I had a guy who called me a few weeks ago. He says, I, I heard about you, John. I'm interested in working with you, John. I'm coming to buy a property there. I'm like, okay, when are you going to be here? Well, next Friday. Like, <laughs> next Friday. Next Friday. And then we like to buy a property by April 1st, you know? And I'm like, you're giving yourself. Say, um, like, to buy full day. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, in the first place, like, who wants to do that? Like, I want to clear the transaction on April 1st. Uh, you're just setting yourself up. But like people don't give themselves enough time. I, I literally told them when they got here, I said, let's have a coffee. And I sat down and I said, look, look me in my eyes, guys. And let's just all breathe together. You know, it's going to be. Yeah. And, but like it's just asking people to just slow it down. Because when you're on that kind of streak, 
you're feeling adventuresome, like I just retired, now I want to do this thing, it can be difficult, right, to then sort of like force yourself to be measured and to be mature and to seek the advice of Rafael and like let the process take place instead of like, because they're like, I want to spend this money, I want to get my life started now. And you don't want to end up with that extra $200,000 mortgage uh, that you didn't say. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so the main takeaway here is that um, time is money, but in the sense that if you don't give enough time to something that you want to build, a new life, an investment in the property, it might end up losing money. And um, time is up as well. <laughs> we have to finish. So it was great to have all of you here. Um, I think I learned a lot about um, real estate decisions in Portugal. And I hope you also learned as much as I did. And if you'd like to, if you have the time, you haven't done so yet, so please do sign up to our channel so you can get more treats coming on your way. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.